Ladies and gentlemen, make way for your four hosts. There's Ross, a man so passionate that he could turn any airline feud into a full-blown Kardashian drama. Then there's Christos, the only one of our four hosts who actually knows anything about flying a plane. Then there's Tom, a man so loud that he can still be heard over the roar of a GE90 engine. And finally, the man with the news, and the only one who talks any sense, there's Nick. This is the Radio Runway Podcast. Episode 7, episode 7, can you believe it already? We are here in the studio... Not all of us. Not all of us. We are missing Christos and Nick, but you know what? We brought someone in who is fantastic and is a wonderful, wonderful stand-in. Alex, say hello. What's up? That's right. We've got Alex, a good friend of ours. He's a university alumni from the same college we all went to, and he's a good friend of ours as well. So welcome, Alex, to the podcast. This week we've got a packed week, and Ross... He's providing the goods. So, yeah, I guess to start off, I've got to ask the question. Nick, how are you feeling? Okay. Oh, man, I'm keen. Really? No. Oh, are you sure? Surely not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, we have absolutely stacked the board full of fantastic Nick soundbites. I don't like the direction that it's heading. Yeah, we're well, going to have to put up with it, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. No, nah, I wouldn't say so. Nick, I would stop say so. talking, Nick. Thank you for cutting me off there, Thank Ross. you for cutting me off, Nick. Okay, Nick, no need to get aggressive. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to have way too much for this. Christos, how you feeling, mate? Very excited. Good to hear. <laughs> Great to hear. As you can see from the chaotic uh, start to this episode, we've come prepared with our soundbites for our two missing members. All right. Ross, you've got a packed week for us this week, I hear. Yes, I do. I'll be doing the black box today on a very fascinating airport. But before we get started with that, we have to do the housekeeping. That's right. Uh, as always, thank you to our sponsors at Collectors Aircraft Models Australia. They are... Australia and world leading in die-cast models, push-fit models. And they're still open this weekend for Mother's Day, so get your orders in quickly. That's right. However, by the time you listen to this, it won't be Mother's Day. Oh, we're not releasing it. We're releasing it on Monday. This is awkward. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, Shout out to Tom and Murray. Uh, You guys are fantastic. You provided the four of us with fantastic models time and time again, and I'm sure the rest of Australia who have shopped at your store would say the same thing. A big thank you from you guys. Nick, what have you got to say about them? Oh, man, I'm keen. Also, I'd like to shout out our friends at Eiffel Tower Cakes. Thank you again for providing all the goods when it comes to our spotting adventures, and I'm sure other spotters across Melbourne will be thanking you as well. Uh, you provide some incredible coffee, some great cakes, and very, very friendly service. Without further ado, let's jump straight into this week's episode, starting with our very good friend Ross and the Black Box. Black Box. Boys, I'm about to take you on a journey into one of Japan's darkest times in aviation, not including World War II. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, I've that's already got that. That's a bad that start. Was a fantastic start, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go there. Tokyo's Narita International Airport, Japan's busiest airport by international passenger and freight traffic, and second busiest in terms of aircraft movements after Haneda Airport. Oh, okay. But how did this airport grow to become as big as it is? 
Well, to do that, we're going to need to go back in time into the early 1960s. Brilliant sound effect. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> All right, let's set the scene. It's 1960, post-World War II. Tokyo is experiencing major economic and population growth. The baby boom is happening. Tokyo is going to host the Olympics in 1964. It is all happening. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly, Nick. Very excited. Oh, Christos, be keen. <laughs> who, won the, who won the Olympics at? Yeah, Germany? I don't like the direction that it's heading. Uh, sorry, Nick. We passed World War II. Anyway. So, <laughs> now Tokyo's only international airport, Haneda, is starting to feel all the effects of this major city growth. As Haneda is located on Tokyo Bay and surrounded on the other sides by densely populated residential and industrial areas, room for expansion wasn't an option. And jet aircraft are becoming more common, and the surrounding areas were starting to make complaints to the airport over noise issues. So something had to be done about this. I don't like the direction that it's heading. Trust me, Nick, it's a good ending. Just stay with me on this. So... In 1963, the Japanese Transport Ministry started conducting studies in search of alternate airport locations. It took the Transport Ministry two years to select a site to build a five-runway airport Surely in, the, not. in the village of Tomasato, yes, Nick, about 55 kilometres east of Tokyo. The site was further assessed and was then decided by the government to relocate it a further seven kilometres northeast oh, okay. to, to the metropolitan area of Narita. The site has now been chosen, and it was made public in 1966, four years after the search for a location first began. And this is where all the problems start, guys. I don't like the direction that it's heading. Oh, neither do I. Buckle yourselves in, people. Here we go. Took them four years to find a site, really. And they still had more troubles. Four years to find a site, and already they are about 60 kilometres outside of Tokyo. Surely not. Exactly. Just keep that in mind. That's a long crazy. Yeah, so the f- the first site was 55 kilometres away and they moved it a further 7 kilometres away. Oh, nice. It's very convenient for Tokyo residents by the sounds of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, train. I'll, get, I'll get to that la- later on and I'll get to that later on as well. Okay, here we Foreshadowing. go. Foreshadowing. Craft. You'd, you'd assume that. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. <laughs> so that is where all the problems start. Local residents were not consulted during any of the feasibility studies or planning phases. They only learned of the selection of the airport site on TV via the news. Oh my gosh, that what sounds. Do I find out? Mate, so, who, so who's the company running this? It was the Japanese Transport Ministry. Oh. That's what good companies should be doing is notifying them via the news. Exactly, Alan. Thanks for that. <laughs> so, of course, you can imagine the shock outrage from all of the impacted communities about this. Now, just a backstory as to why this site was chosen. The Japanese imperial household owned a large farming estate on the site, and the land was subdivided into several farms to grow crops and livestock. So, while the land was presumably owned by the farmers who lived there, ultimately, under Japanese law, the land was owned by the emperor, who had the ability to grant power to the government to repossess the land at any time. But with the sheer peaceful nature of Japanese culture, that power had never been used. So pretty much anyone who was impacted by the airport saw the government land buyback rights from the farmers as unconstitutional. Surely not. Exactly, Nick. So just keep, keep that all in mind. Mm. Just large farmland owned by the emperor. 
So even though at the moment it's still 1966, there was still a heavy influence from the socialist movement in Japan. And many people who opposed building Narita did so for reasons such as not to promote capitalism or not to provide additional facilities for US military aircraft should they go to war with the Soviet Union. And these individuals partnered up with the more conservative farmers who just simply didn't want to give up their land. The local residents, student activists, left-wing political party members and others involved with the socialist movement formed a union called the San Rizuka Struggle. And in 1967, as the transport ministry began surveying the airport grounds, the union set up roadblocks. Shortly after that, the initial land buyback, three policemen were killed by activists. The, the, just even the term struggle holds so much more weight to it. Like that, that they full on made a rebellion out of this. That is, honestly. and al- already just from the initial land buybacks, already three policemen have been killed. Surely not. That honestly, like the Japanese people get passionate. They, they remind me of the French in that aspect. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not, I'm not surprised. But if, if you look at their history, how they were with the war and the, and the history. I'm not. If you look at their history from the war, I'm not kind of surprised by their sort of rebellion and their staunchness in it. Yeah, it's part of their story. It's part of their history. Just the thing that surprises me is when when you say, when I imagine Japan, I imagine such a peaceful... Placid. Exactly. Such such a peaceful nature of the the communities. I would never anticipate something like this. Uh, Well, yeah, I know this is happening kind mm. of... You know, post-World War II era, so his tensions were still a little mm. up then. But just still, like, to this ex- to the extent of what I'm about to say later on Probably in the story. Probably shows just, just, just how much it meant to people not to have their land just uprooted. But it's hard to do that in a country where it's so heavily populated. Uh, yeah, there's not that. But at the time, it, it even though it was still farmland at this time, it wasn't as densely populated as it would be today. Okay. Okay. Continue. You got. You got to remember. This is 1960s. We're already 60 kilometers outside of Tokyo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, Nick. Five years later, in 1972, the first terminal building was completed, but the first runway wasn't completed for another six years due to constant fights with construction workers and the union, who occupied several pieces of land required for the runway and constructed large concrete towers in the runway's path. Whoa. They constructed concrete towers. Yes, man. I'm telling you, they didn't want this airport to happen. Oh, my gosh. That's next level. They literally built, like, impediments to stop aircraft from using the runway. They did not want this airport to happen. They were so passionate about it. They were going wait, out of their way. To not did they want... Wait, was it the location or they just didn't want the airport at all? They didn't want the airport at all. Wow. Really? Well... Maybe they did want it, but just not there. Not there, yeah. Because you got to remember, like Tokyo is booming at the moment, but yeah. Narita is still. It's about. I'll, I'll get to this later, yeah. but it's a one-hour's drive from Tokyo at the time, mm. and Haneda Airport couldn't expand any further, so they were literally looking the next decent place to build it, and this is where they saw fit. Mm. So yeah, far out, man. So already in the runway's path, they were constructing all of these large concrete towers. Like they were paying to get these towers built just to stop the airport from happening. Mm. In 1977, the Japanese government destroyed the final tower, but unfortunately a policeman and an activist were also killed. Jeez. In 1978, the runway was complete and the airport was ready to open. But four days before the grand opening, a group of protesters broke into the control tower and destroyed about $800,000 worth of equipment. This delayed the airport's grand opening by almost two months. Jeez. Do you reckon... I'm just 
I'm just picturing someone in there with a baseball bat. Just <laughs> yes. Nick, look, I, I mean, I, would you be that guy? Okay. Oh, man, I'm keen. Yeah. Look, I couldn't confirm this, but I think they tried to set fire to the to the control tower, but I I just couldn't confirm it. So, But I do know that they did destroy all that equipment in there. So that pretty much they tried to destroy as much as they can. Oh, okay. That's crazy, honestly. Four days before the grand Thank scene. you for cutting me off there, Ross. Nick, you're the one cutting me off. You know what's bad? I'm actually getting pissed off at Nick now, even though you're the one. You're the one that's actually doing... <laughs> Too good. Yep. Very excited. All right. So two months later, on the 20th of May, 1978, the airport opened under an extreme level of security. The airport was surrounded by blockout metal fencing, overshadowed by guard towers staffed with riot police. An additional 14,000 security personnel were at the airport's opening and encountered 6,000 protesters who attacked police with rocks and Molotov cocktails, and the police had to respond with water cannons. I'm imagining it being like those movies where you see like the line of police and the line of protesters and there's like a big standoff happening, you know? You like- look at some of the photos... Of uh, Narita Airport and its history, it is really gruesome to see what's actually happened there. And even now, there's like, well, not museums, because there's still a bit of tension in the area to this day regarding the whole airport, but there are on display, like Narita's town hall and that, there are construction equipment of all the protesters and just all of like the costume, not costumes, all of the um, construction workers, like hard hats and stuff. Yeah, there are. were just outfits and tire. Yeah, but just the violence that happened during the construction of the airport, it's just mind-boggling. I can see, Tom, you're looking up the photos of that now. A separate group of protesters claimed responsibility for cutting power to an air traffic control facility in western Tokyo, which shut down air traffic services in the Tokyo area for most of the day. Japanese news made comparisons of Narita's grand opening, outlining the resemblance to Saigon Airport during the Vietnam War. What? That seems a bit extreme. It's ex- as extreme as it sounds. Look at the photos that you're seeing on here. Like, Surely not. I'd, exactly, Nick. If you were here, you'd see it as well. It, like that's extreme, but like the like Saigon Airport during the Vietnam War had to undergo like like there were air raid risks. There were like rebellions throughout the city. Like that's a very extreme. this is near Narita. It's not in the city. You know what I mean? That's it's just, not. And that's, that, no, but that's if you, a if, war. If, if a you war look time. at the, if you look yeah. at the, Look at the scene that the airport that's happening at the airport. Just take the context out of it. If you're just looking at all these mass riots, like true, those police, photos, police do having look to like use war. police having to use water cannons. There's a photo of that there you're looking yeah. at against six thousand protesters, oh, yeah. fourteen thousand security personnel at the airport that day. Okay, that's Guard fair. towers, a kind of metal fenced off. Oh, actually, there's that photo of um the hard hats that I was telling you about. Oh yes, up, up one there. Look at look at that and tell me that that is. I'm not exaggerating here. Look at that photo right there. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty intense. Like there's yeah, there people on fire. On, there's a malt of cocktails on the top there. Can you yeah. see that? Yeah. I'm, I'm not making any of this up. Okay. Know, okay. How, it how, is literally, it gives wartime vibes. You're correct. How volatile That's this. insane. Like when you got the media posting this, 1960s mind you. So imagine if social media was out about that. that. Oh God. So yeah, at, at this time now, Narita is open with one terminal building and one runway. Now, Time for the expansion of Narita Airport. Surely not. Yeah, buckle yourselves in, Nick. Here's, here we go. Even after all that. Tokyo's new airport was originally planned to have five runways, but the protests led to a revised plan of three runways, two parallel northwest-southeast runways, and one intersecting perpendicular runway going the opposite direction, northeast-southwest. 
I don't like the direction that it's heading. Yeah, I know. It should be heading more, you know, east, west than north, south. I agree, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, just in your own time, do you just have conversations with Nick with the soundboard here? Like, No. I think you do. No, I wouldn't say so. I would say so. No. Yes. Stop cutting me off, Ross. Thank you for cutting me off there, Ross. I didn't cut you off there, Nick. (laughs) No. Oh, man, I'm keen. Can you imagine Tom yelling at himself wearing headphones and just (laughs) yelling at himself? (laughs) Surely not. No, surely not. Thank you for cutting me off, Ross. Stop. Get off. Makes you feel... Very good. When the airport opened in nineteen in nineteen seventy eight, only one of the parallel runways were completed. The, let's let's call this runway A. The others were delayed to avoid aggravating the already tense situation surrounding the airport. There were also plans to have bullet train access to Narita, but that project was cancelled with only some of the necessary land being able to be obtained. Eight years later, in 1986, the airport's capacity shortage was becoming more profound. However, there were still about 10 plots of land the airport needed to acquire in order to construct the other two runways. But the government this time opted to not legally force the sale of the land due to fears of more violence. So... In late 1986, work began on Terminal 2 and a new runway to the north of the original main runway. To avoid the problems that happened with the construction of the first runway, the government promised the expansion would not involve buying back farmland and residents in the surrounding regions would be compensated for the increased noise pollution with home upgrades and soundproofing. Surely not. Exactly. So it's it's starting to sound better. You think the problem's starting to be solved, right? Oh, okay. No. No. Nah, written, yeah, nah, Nick, you're right. Nah, I wouldn't say so. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> By 1991, Narita was handling 22 million passengers annually, despite only having a design capacity of 13 million. Whoa. Makes you feel... Imagine being just like a pack of sardines in the terminal. So what you're telling me is despite the protests, despite everything that the government and the emperor has faced to against all odds to make this airport work... There's clear evidence to show that it was required and is working as intended. Exactly. Haneda was at capacity, which I know nowadays uh, Haneda has four runways, but at the time it only had two and it just had room to build a third runway. Now it's got four. Now now it's got four. I'll get to that later. But at, at the time, Haneda was at its limits. It's got Tokyo Bay to one side, heavily populated on the on all the other sides of the airport. It's, it's like the Japanese version of Sydney Airport. Like the only way to... At, at the time, the only way to expand is to either look for a new site to build the airport because there's just water or um, housing on all other sides. Mm. So already you're stuck. What do you do? That's why they had to look for Narita. And the numbers are showing that con- that how congested it is, it is clearly serving its purpose. Yeah. It's unfortunate that all, these, all, all the violence is happening around that, but the need is warranted for this airport. So when Terminal 2 opened in 1992, Terminal 1 was closed down for renovations, so that so the congestion benefits from the new terminal were delayed. On top of that, the land the airport could acquire for the new terminal was limited, so the taxiway leading to the new terminal was only one way, and during peak times, the taxi times between the existing runway and the new terminal could reach up to half an hour. Oh my gosh. So just... And you've got to think the bottleneck because there was only one taxiway leading to the new apron yeah. compared to the from the original runway. So during peak times, it's like it's like London City Airport like, and how restricted it used to be before they got parallel taxiways. The ultimate bottleneck, really. So a massive bottleneck. Yeah. This congestion lasted for 10 years until the second runway opened in 2002. 
just in time for the World Cup events being held in Korea and Japan that year. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. All right, now, here are the problems the second runway had. Its final length was 2.1 kilometres, about 400 metres shorter than its original plan, rendering it unusable for Boeing 747s, A340s and 777s, which were very common in the late 90s and early 2000s. Surely not. That is unbelievable. So the whole purpose of the runway's length was not achieved. Yep. At, at the time not. it was first completed, so what's yeah. What's the point of building it then? Uh, they they used it for for your smaller planes, but obviously, yeah. like at, at the time, because you have got to think, like when did Kitat close? Around ninety seven, some something like that. No, nah, I wouldn't say so. No, uh, I think I would say so. So, Kitat and all, all the aviation industry in Asia around the time relied heavily on seven four sevens, and considering that was the main aircraft flying. Don't don't fact check me on this, Scott Conway. <laughs> but um, I believe a lot a lot of the aircraft that would be flying into Narita at the time were seven four sevens, and for them to have a new runway to alleviate congestion, only for them to not even use that for the seven four sevens, I think is a joke. Yeah, it, it's a joke. On top of that, thirty years prior, the union constructed a fifteen meter concrete tower in the path of the new runway's parallel taxiway. The tower was built on land the government said it would not acquire. So the taxiway had to bend inwards towards the runway, which then restricted the number of movements the runway could handle as plane manoeuvring the bend in the taxiway could not allow another plane to safely use the runway. What the heck? This is a mess, man. I'm telling you now, it's a debauchery, this this airport and its history. What the yeah. heck is going yeah. on? Has I got to this place? Like, it's just you're picturing what I'm saying here. Like, can you go just go on Google Maps right now? Just have a look at Narita Airport. You can still see. Oh, yeah, I can see that bend, just like right, right there. So that land, the government said they would not acquire, and they built the taxiway too close to the runway, so a plane couldn't use the runway and that taxiway at the same time. Oh, what? What a joke! Seriously. So this is runway joke. B we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What an absolute joke. But wait, it gets worse. It can't. Surely not. In 2009, FedEx Flight 80. Who knows that one? No. MD-11, it crashed while landing on the original runway, forcing it to close, leaving the new runway the only serviceable runway at Narita. No. Yes. So they were forced into a position where they had to use the new runway. So a lot of heavy aircraft divergence to Anita happened because of this. Oh my gosh. Which only made the problem of Anita's congestion even worse than it already was. Exactly. This is a joke. Seriously. Surely not. I mean, that's shocking. So, yeah. So I think it was in MD-11. Um, it from memory, I think it ba- it bounced on landing and then rolled and just massive fireballs. So obviously, the I think all the pilots did die on that flight. Right. Yeah, what year was that? 2000, 2009. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. That's fairly recently, 14, 14 years ago. Yeah, well, that's like that's in the like any crash in the 21st centuries. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really bad. Um, like I've got to do more research on it, but from what I remember, it was a really windy day and it was an unstable approach. The plane was landed. The plane landed too slow. It bounced on landing, and then it rolled, and it just went up into flames. Right, that was an air crash investigation episode. This, you can look it up. This dun, dun, airport dun, dun. is just a, an absolute farce. 
Do they have, so they still haven't fixed that right to this day. They still haven't fixed that taxiway. It, get, it gets a little bit. This is two thousand nine, right? Bit of a hook. It starts to get a little better now. Later that year, I will assume because of that, runway B was extended northwards to two and a half kilometers, and the Supreme Court allowed the airport to claim ownership of the union-occupied land blocking the taxiway, allowing the taxiway to be modified to provide enough room for planes to safely pass each other. So they didn't they didn't build the straight taxiway. They just shifted it slightly to the left <laughs> to allow the bare minimum. Oh, gee. In two thousand eleven, in two thousand eleven, the airport was approved was approved to allow simultaneous operations from both runways, and that allowed the airport to increase its annual movements to two hundred and thirty five thousand annually. So it's getting it's getting better now. It's starting to get better. From 1978 to 2015, Narita Airport was the only airport in Japan where visitors were required to show ID upon entry due to the violent history of the airport's construction in, and protests in the past. Whoa. Actually, yeah, if you go to that new runway right now, if you zoom in, zoom in on the taxiway, actually. Oh, Hi, it's still I can there. See the, the tr- they kept the original... Uh, zoom zoom in a little here. more. Zoom in a little more. They kept it, it'll clear. See, you, uh, they moved it slightly to the left. Oh, barely anything. In fact, if you zoom in far enough, you can see the lines of where the original taxiway went. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. on the top there. Since its construction, Narita has been criticised for its distance from central Tokyo, with journeys taking an hour by the fastest train and longer by road due to traffic. Only in the past 10 years have there been upgrades to rail links, which now reduces the commute to 40 minutes from the airport to Tokyo Central Station. And since it first opened, Narita is bound by curfew from 11pm to 6am. Surely not. I was going to ask if there was a curfew. Oh, uh, you know what? That makes sense. If there's that, this many issues with it and it's in a, an area full of disgruntled residents and unionised people, it makes sense that they would have a curfew, but it also then inhibits the entire purpose of its construction in a way. Uh, yeah, exactly. So... The issues that Narita Airport faced during its construction led to subsequent airports being constructed offshore on reclaimed land. Osaka's Kansai Airport, Kobe Airport and Nagoya Airport and Haneda's runway expansion all happened offshore on reclaimed land because of the issues Narita faced. And I've actually got photos over here of all of these airports. Yeah, you got it over here. See Haneda's new airport to the new runway to the south. So the left half of that is actually a, a pier and the right of it was reclaimed land. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And th- this top photo is Kansai Airport in Osaka. Yeah, that's cool. That's a very cool airport. Oh, it's pretty cool. I really want to fly there one day. And Except that that's the one with the bridge where, where it, if it closes due to snowstorms, you're stuck at the airport. Okay, that was a once-off I've only heard of. Maybe it happens every winter. I don't know. But these are other airports in Japan with airports being built offshore in the early 2000s because of Narita. Kobe Airport. Rest in peace. Kobe. I had to look up the pronunciation of this. Oh, so everyone, not- everyone says Kobe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> Moving on to future developments. <laughs> I'm sure you all want to know what the master plan has in store for Narita. No. No, we All right, then. Don't. That's it, then. That's all I got. Yeah. Oh, thanks for your time, Ross. Oh, yeah. oh, you want to hear it, Nick? Yeah. All right, here we go. Late last year, works have commenced to extend runway B further to 3.5 kilometres. It will be extended northwest and in doing so requires a section of freeway to be replaced by a tunnel underneath the runway and this is planned to be complete by 2029. Oh, jeez. Okay. So go, to, go to the north. They're going oh, ex- right. to expand it further north. So they can, is that so they can extend the runway? Or? Yeah, they, so they started construction on that in November last year. Okay. So they're going to extend that by another kilometre, essentially. Because if you look at the south, you obviously they're not going to reclaim that farm. Really? 
They won't. So what's but what's what is up there above the freeway now? Is it just housing or is it just? Uh, I don't know. Let's zoom in and see what we've got like there. Land. Well, look, I think like they've got the acquisition for it because they've already started construction on yeah, it. Yeah, you'd have to. Oh, it looks like paddocks. Family farms. So Narita's original master plan included a third runway, which would run perpendicular to the existing runways. You can see that diagonal one there. Yep. Yep. But noise abatement was a major issue regarding the proposed flight paths over the more densely populated areas to the southwest. And this plan was scrapped after coming to the conclusion a Kai-Tak style approach would be necessary for using this proposed runway. What's that mean? You know, in Kai-Tak Airport, how they have to make that sharp turn right at the last minute. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. So Seriously? So they've abolished plans to make that into a runway. Yeah, and right. instead, Runway C, and this is what I think is the most bizarre, and I've never seen anything like it. Runway C is planned to be constructed to the east of the airport and would run parallel to Runway A, but the positioning of it would arguably make it an extension of Runway B. So it's pretty much going to be like Runway... Look to the top of the airport. In a row. So yeah. we're talking like this. Yeah, so look, see where your mouse is down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll literally be like underneath Runway B. Right. What the... So it'll be like your two runway, yeah. two runways, one right after the other. That's so dumb. Huh? That's the only place that they can build the new runway. They would be got to do what you got to do, really. That is is that, is there any airport in the world? I've I've never seen it, but I really that's hope it, they can pull safe. that off. That, that's that's the one thing I've look. I think it'll work because they're going to build it slightly to the south of the airport. If you look, if you Google the master plan, you'll see it. But they're also extending runway B northwards, so they're kind of working towards that. Right. So they're Which, trying to split they, those runways if further. They, if they build them one after the other in a straight line with enough distance between the start of each runway to meet the minimum separation distance for final approach, then theoretically you could just land two at a time, two at a time, two at a time, no issues. In theory, yeah, but you can't use both runways for arrivals, for example. Like, both of those eastern runways oh, for arrivals. I see what you're saying. Right. Like, it would definitely have to be... Like, you can't use the northern runway for arrivals and the sec- the one before that for debarch- departures because it'll just... Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's all I have for Narita Airport. I Because I'm curious to know how it is that these farmers retain their land. After all the protests and everything, they still have it. They've still retained it. They can sell it back to the government if they want to. But it was part. If you look at the fir- the, the original side of the airport, look how cleaner the the old runway actually is. It looks like a proper established runway with even taxiways. And when the government announced the expansion of the airport to build Terminal Two, which is to the north. Um, of the terminal complex and the new runway. That's when they decided they weren't going to buy back the buy back the land and instead build the airport around it. I, I, that's why we're seeing all of those shapes, all those weird shaped taxiways around there, and that is why the government's going to keep it like that. They gave. I, I'm, I'm astounded that it w- they wouldn't just. What's the, is it the Godfather where they say just give him an offer he can't refuse? Yeah, make him an offer. They were refuse. they were offering exorbitant amount of amounts of money. For for those plots of land, they 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 weren't. He hasn't got a. They put that person hasn't got a price. Surely not. I I think it was more of a pride sort of thing to not pride. give up their land because yeah. because you you got you got to think that this land would probably be land that was been passed down to them from generations, so they'd have yeah. a lot of sentimental value to that land. Yeah, it's just like thinking like practically like you've got planes landing. Yeah, until from a. 6 a.m. until 11 p.m. From 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Constantly. That would 
Great Should for crops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if it's a farm, it's not going to do But also, yes, like... Essence of Jet A1, I love this, it. This taxiway here is literally a go-kart track. It is literally... Yeah. It may as well be an F1 track. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But if you scroll, you can see where the runway originally was supposed to be planned. Like, go south. That that taxiway, or that parking stand there, was meant to be a runway. Like, Yeah. Yep, I can see that. And I guess they didn't buy back this farm here and it's blocked them from building it fully parallel. Wait, it's actually, where's it, where's it, what does it say? So, can you click on that? The, sh- the co-limited? Sanrizuka Busan co-limited. What do they make? What does it actually do? They make... Oh, food products. Oh, you're kidding. Nuts. They grow nuts. They can sell to the airlines. They grow Catering. nuts. Catering. Before they go nuts. They grow nuts before they go nuts. <laughs> yes. They've got nuts to do what they're... Well, I have to say um, thank you, Ross, for that. Narita yeah, right. Airport is clearly stooped in many History. controversies, many failures, many ignorances, the works. Look, I will say as a parting statement from this, I will say majority of the protests have died down over the years, especially since this is something that's been going on since the 1960s. Yeah. But there are still a few protests out there, but I think everyone has accepted the fact that this airport is here to stay. Right. And it's probably necessary. It's it's definitely necessary. It is yeah. the busiest international airport, is, is the busiest international airport in Japan um, in terms of passengers and freight. Mm. Haneda is only busier just in terms of flight movements. Haneda, Haneda acts largely as a domestic airport in Japan. Yeah. I know. I was just watching it today. Again, wide body domestic services, crazy. They're on triple seven, two hundreds and three hundreds on domestic services. Seven eight sevens, domestic A three fifties, domestic services. Oh, it'd be fun to be a Japan resident, ju- jumping between domestic cities. Exactly, except if you were on Japanese uh, Japan Airlines one two three. Oh, go on. What what happened to that one? Didn't end well. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, clearly. No, nah, I wouldn't say so. No, I think it was the. Deadliest 747 disaster to have happened aside from Tenerife. Jeez. I don't like the direction that it's heading. Is probably what the passengers were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so that, that segment was called the Black Box. That, right? was, the, that was the Black Box yeah. segment, have Alex. They ha- have they found um, MH370's Black Box? No. no. Surely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> and now it's time for the game show. Let's play Who Am I? All right, Tom, you know the rules. Alex, I'll explain them to you. Yes, please. I I have two pieces of paper here with an airline written on each. Mm-hmm. Uh, one at a time, there are five clues. Sorry, there are five clues on these pieces of paper and you have to guess the airline with the least amount of clues. Everyone will start off on five points and the more clues I have to read, um, you'll lose points. So four points for the second clue, three points for the third clue and uh, whatever clue you guess it on will be the amount of points you get for the game. Person who guesses it in the least amount of clues wins. All right. Tom, you're going to go first. Oh, okay. I've waited for this game yeah, this is so much do for so an- long. Do you have to answer it like a question? Like, this isn't yeah. Jeopardy. Okay. Yeah. That's a question. Yeah, it's not Jeopardy, but um, it is good. Yeah. Nick, are you keen for your airline? Okay. Oh, man, I'm keen. Yeah? <laughs> oh, Peach. Which ironically, also fly to Narita. But anyway. um, No. Nah. Tom, are you ready? No. No, I wouldn't say so. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I can't see that thing, so don't worry. All right. This is for Tom. Not I know, but I can't see it. I'm ready. Clue number one, hit me. 
Alright, your first clue. I am a large international airline serving the Asia Pacific, Europe, and North American regions. Can I please hear the clue one more time? I am a large international airline serving the Asia Pacific, Europe, and North American regions. Okay. You have two guesses before I read the next clue. Okay. In New Zealand. Okay, Qantas. Incorrect. For four points. There are 212 planes in my fleet with plenty of variety. The A320 family, the A380, the 737, the 767, 777, and 787. Okay, the 767 is probably the closest clue on this one. Can I hear the fleet one more time? There are 212 planes in my fleet with plenty of variety. The A320 family, the A380, the 737, 767, 777, and 787. Okay, okay, there's a major clue in that. That narrows it down. The 380 is a huge clue. Okay, so that cuts down the options. It's not a North American carrier. We know it's not... It's not Qantas, it's not an Australian carrier. So it's got to be a European or Asian character uh, carrier. Character. Character, that's right. Now, in terms of the European plays, I'm almost I'm fairly certain Lufthansa and British Airways do not use the 767. So I'm ruling them out. Okay? Um, which leaves Asiana. Absolutely not. Korean I don't know them well enough possibly Uh, it also leaves uh, Singapore Airlines they have all of what you've said other than the 320 family so I'm going to rule them out okay we're left with China Southern and we're left with hurry up okay, okay 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 let me make an educated guess Jesus. Okay, yeah, understood. A&A. Son of a bitch. That's correct. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. Oh, your neighbours, your neighbours. I don't care. I do not care. Are you kidding me? Four Far out. Point. Oh, my God. Four points. The one week that Nick is not here. Are you joking me? Seriously, Nick? Okay, I can't actually, actually can't wait for Nick to hear this, to uh, be honest. Uh, yeah. no, uh, Al- Nick is not hearing this until we're publishing it, right? <laughs> uh, right. Nick, seriously. Uh, Alex, I hope you know your airlines. Yeah, just oh, this one. I'm not, I'm not a nerd like you guys. Oh, so I'm not I, look, Nick, Nick and I tried to look. I was on the phone with Nick when we were, I was when we were deciding both of your airlines. So hopefully this should be um, guessable. A, a, a guessable one for Apologies you. Apologies in advance, Alex, for my uh, four pointer. Okay, mate. Is our all. guest on the okay, show? Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, music, please. <laughs> yes, sorry, music incoming. Alex. Oh, saucy. Are you ready? I think so. Oh, man, I'm keen. (laughs) Anyway, for five points, I am a large international airline which flies to 75 destinations across 32 countries. (sighs) Okay, that was very vague. I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. I'll take a stab in the dark. Maybe we'll say Qantas. That is incorrect. 
You have another guess, Alex, before I have okay. to read the next clue. Oh, God. Um, Do you want me to read it out to you again? No, I'm pretty good. 72, 75 to 32. 75 destinations 30. across 32 countries. Okay. Damn. Step in the dark again. Singapore. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding? You're taking it, aren't you? Fuck off. Are you serious? Yes, no way. Oh, show me. Get out. Have a look. Oh, yes. Oh. What are the clues? Wait, oh, wow. I'll, I'll read you what the rest of the clues oh were. So God. your second clue is going to be my fleet of 157 aircraft consists of the 737-800, the 737-MAX, the 777, the 787, the A380 and the A350. Your third clue was going to be... I operate a hub-and-spoke network. Before the Middle Eastern carriers became popular, my hub was considered the central stopover of the world. For two points, uh, your next clue was going to be, legend has it my IATA designated code stands for superior quality. And for one point, you're flying on this airline in a month. Yeah. And if you honestly didn't get it from that, then oh, you shouldn't be I going over. Quit. I'll just go out. I wasted oh, there we go. That's my champagne for you, my friend. Oh, wow. Well done. Thank you. I wasted my good victory. Oh, right, wow. so, I thought I had that in the bag. What a guess. So it's, it's okay to be a loser, Tom. It's, we're all winners, Tom. Aviation's Thanks. the winner. Well, the real aviation, the real winner is aviation. Look, we're going to be doing this in two parts. So it was Tom versus Alex today. Next episode, we're going to do the second half of this game show. It'll be Christos versus Nick. We'll see, how, we'll see how we go. Should we have a face-off, Alex versus whoever wins next week? Okay, okay yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we Down go. Road. Yeah, bloody oh. Far out, man. So, I thought I had that in the bag with the four point. I was so proud of myself. Seriously, on the—I mean, I worked methodically. I was a freaking detective genius. It was actually a genius. very, a very good um, oh. thought process you had there. But yeah, you'd like yeah, narrowed I'm, it down, I'm, like look, from old mate superior quality. I'm over thinking here. of maybe a twenty-second limit <laughs> per guest next time. Ah, oh, fair. Wow, well, yeah, I'll cop that. that. Oh, I'll yeah, cop that. Point. Superior quality SQR. Oh, you're flying on me. You know, um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're flying on no superior quality uh, SQ. So um, I asked Sergio, my Sergio who works at Menzies, uh, who's Singaporean, why um, uh, why uh, Singapore Airlines has SQ as the IATA designator, and he goes, um, oh, um, because when the flight attendants serve you, they say, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> that is so, the most Sergio thing. Oh I don't think God. I'm ever going to fly Singapore Airlines again and not you're, see you're, that. You're pissing yourself on the flight. Go, very, how too. very sats of him. Yeah, yeah. They'll, no, they'll, I'm going to get on the flight be, now and just, be, and just wait for them to say, I'm just going to get on the flight now and wait for them to say, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, that's no, right. Honestly, they're just going to think of Sergio. Yeah, yeah, just come with the in-flight service and I'll just start laughing and the flight attendant will say, what's wrong? It's okay. Just <laughs> you okay. clearly know Sergio. <laughs> nah, brilliant. Oh, well, well done, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, well done, Alex. Thank uh, you. You're you're you're, all, you're a tough opponent. I and underestimated yes. you, bro. Yeah. Well, I underestimated myself. I didn't think I was going to get that. To probably the last that clue. Was so hot luck, and he understood the assignment. Yeah. Well, I think that concludes this episode. Everyone, thanks for joining us. Um, thanks, everyone, for coming tonight. And thanks, Alex, for coming on. Yes, yeah, thank you guys guest. for having me. I really appreciate it and I love my time here. Yes, so. thank you. Thank you, Ross, for a fantastic black box on the Reader Airport. I hope, I hope it all provided insight for you into the, history the of rich history of what... Yeah, I reckon that's probably the most historic yeah. airport. One of them. One, like of, the, one the, of the most historic instances of a failure to create an airport that the people of the country... Love or yeah. respect. It's an airport <coughs> with such a dark past that a lot of people travel transiting through it 
internationally just don't know yeah. the history of it. So I was really fascinated when I was doing my research on it and I'm happy that I could share it all with you guys and everyone else tonight. That's right, and I appreciate that you got to share it with us as well. It was a brilliant piece. Now, um, to everyone listening at home, this was the first episode of Airport Month. The next episode will also cover a brilliant airport that I'm sure Nick is very excited to talk to us about, aren't you, Nick? Oh, man, I'm keen. Exactly. So, look, thank you very much, Ross, for the airport this week. Check out the Instagram for more details on Airport Month and also on any and all future giveaways and anything to do with aviation, if you want to interact or be a part of the action with Radio Runway, head over to the Instagram. Thank you to Eiffel Tower Cakes. Thank you to Collectors Aircraft Models. Thank you to all listening at home. Should we share, like it, and subscribe? You heard it from the special guest here first, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you very much, guys. Bye, everyone. You Thank you.